This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, what's good? Welcome back to another edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I am Blair Angulo. In a quick moment, we will be joined by Steve Wolfong, the Director of Recruiting for 24-7 Sports. With the early signing period behind us, we will be resetting the 2021 recruiting cycle heading into the new year. Coaching changes have also taken place at Vanderbilt and Illinois, so we're going to discuss the latest on those two fronts and taking a look from a recruiting perspective on what those programs need to do with the new coaches in charge. If you're just joining us here on this feed and you caught the frenzy of National Signing Day during this past early signing period, remember to hit that subscribe button. Please rate us. Please review us. We bring you two episodes every week on this same feed throughout the year, except this week, obviously with the holidays coming up, we will be back next Monday to look ahead to the new year. Joining us now on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast is the Director of Recruiting for 24-7 Sports, Steve Wiltfong. Have you recovered yet from the early signing period? Man, Blair, uh, I am tired. Uh, I'm excited for this holiday season, but I'm also super excited to be on your podcast here, brother. You know, I watched Die Hard, so I wanted, to, I wanted to point that out first because I know a few weeks back we, we touched on it. And so the final scene when John McClane's riding off in, in the limousine and you see, I, I guess it's money, some, some sort of money trail or something's happening where paper is raining down from that building. I, I could just imagine you being in that limo and those papers being letters of intent on, on the early signing period. I mean, you, my friend, were, you, you needed to catch your breath there on, on Wednesday during the CBS Sports HQ show. I mean, you were a machine. Well, thanks for saying that. I was just trying to be as cool as Argyle, the, the limo driver. In <laughs> if we can all be as cool as Argyle, uh, we got, you know, we're, we're in a good place. But I hope you enjoyed the movie. Uh, it's, it is, in my opinion, one of the ultimate action flicks. And, you know, the, the sequels are pretty damn good, too. I actually started watching the first one again last night and, um, you know, those uh, football games ended last night and I turned on Die Hard for a little bit and fell asleep. Yeah, no, it's definitely a Christmas movie. And obviously we're heading into the holiday season and with the early signing period now in the rear view mirror, uh, we're going to reset things and kind of look ahead to what's to come. Let's let's kick off with five-star running back Kamar Wheaton. He's supposed to announce his decision later this week. What's, what are you hearing on him? What do, you, what do you make of kind of his process heading into this announcement? Yeah, so uh, Kamar Wheaton finally locked in a date December 23rd. There were other potential de- uh, dates earlier than that. And all the buzz leading up to when he set that date was that Oklahoma was clearly the one to beat. He's got a final two. It's Oklahoma and Alabama. And I guess with the way Alabama closed, flipping Keanu Coat and, and uh, flipping JoJo Earl from LSU and 
They seem to be on the verge of landing offensive lineman Jaden Roberts, a former Auburn commit. That's per my colleagues. I don't have anything to add on that particular story. Maybe maybe Alabama's one phone call away from having Kamara Wheaton in their class too. But as as things stand right now, uh, I like Oklahoma uh, for Kamara Wheaton. The Sooners sit at number seven in the twenty four seven Sports composite team rankings. Kamara Wheaton's been their top running back target. The the whole cycle uh, um, with with uh, Demarco Murray, the lead recruiter for him, and uh, Oklahoma looking for their fourth top ten recruiting class in in, in five years, and, and and looking for their first top five haul since two thousand ten. So, and when you really look at this Oklahoma class, I, I think what they've done defensively is the best I've ever seen them do since I've covered recruiting in twenty years, and and, and so I just love the trajectory of Oklahoma's program. Obviously, they've been in the playoff. Three straight time. It was three straight times coming into this year, I think, and and they're going to be back, and I think they're going to be back with a better defense. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's very obvious that they have been trying to address their needs on the defensive side, and obviously the offense is, is explosive, right? We know that. We know that Lincoln Riley is going to be able to recruit offensive talent to Norman, but when they're trying to factor in some defensive playmakers, I think they've really addressed that in this class. Now, even if Oklahoma lands Kamar Wheaton as, 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 as is expected per the crystal ball, uh, Alabama right now is building a class that, that's pretty historic. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Alabama is on is still in the hunt for a 24/7 Sports best recruiting class of all time. The 2010 Florida class with a score of 324-62 is is number 1. The 2017 Alabama class that is so special and and, and in hindsight might be the best recruiting class that we've seen in the last 20 years is number 2. This Alabama class would be number 5 and and they're not done. You know, they got a chance to go out and and land, you know, five-star JT Tua Malolo. They're they're in it for Terry and Arnold, the nation's number two safety. We mentioned uh, Jaden Roberts earlier, so uh, they got some special players still still in play uh, uh, for them as they chase history. Uh, um, but you look at in hindsight, Blair, my two favorite recruiting classes are that 2017 Alabama class, of course, which has a, a bevy of first-round talent, a chance to win two national championships. But obviously you got Najee and, and Leatherwood, Dylan Morris, Jerry Judy, LeBron Ray, Tua, Jedrick Wills, Xavier McKinney, Devontae Smith, Henry Ruggs. That's a special group. Mac Jones uh, in, in that group as well. That, that Ohio State 2013 class, uh, Von, Von Bell is a second-rounder, Joey Bosa first-rounder, Eli Apple first-rounder. Ezekiel Elliott, obviously a first rounder. That was a special class as, as well, Deron Lee. And, and, and so those uh, hindsight 2020 are the best classes. I kind of hate, I, I kind of get a little embarrassed when we're like saying, this is the best recruiting class of all time. When statistically that Ohio State 2013 class and, and that Alabama 2017 class are not the benchmarks in that category. Even then, right? Because obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, and we can look back and, and wonder, you know, where the, the rankings might have been off or, or, or where we could have made a tweak or two. Um, but I think that just speaks to this Alabama class specifically. The reason why we're talking about these classes is because of what the Crimson Tide are doing here in this 2021 recruiting cycle. And you mentioned there a key word there that I know a lot of listeners will be tuning into is JT Tuimoloau. 
Um, if Alabama is, is able to come from behind because, you know, for the most part, it seems like Ohio State has, has been at the front and, and been, you know, the, the leading candidate when you, when you speak about the contenders for JT Tuimoloawa. If Bama is able to sneak in there and, you know, essentially steal him away at the last second, I think would be pretty significant and, and would be obviously kind of a, a headliner in this group. When you look at Alabama's class, you could say they came in at the last second and took a lot of these guys, or at least came from behind in these recruitments. J.C. Latham, the jewel of their class, at one point was considered an Ohio State or LSU lean. Tommy Brockermeyer and James Brockermeyer have, you know, all the family connections to Texas. Here they are at Alabama. Dallas Turner at one point was considered a Georgia lean. Damon Payne, Ohio State maybe. Kool-Aid McKinstry, they were Auburn crystal balls for him. Uh, Ja'Cory Brooks was a battle with Florida. JoJo Earl, they obviously flipped from, from LSU. Um, and, and Monkel Goodwine at one point favored Texas A&M. And Kadarius Calloway was a Mississippi State commit. Keanu Coat, an LSU commit. Devontae Smith was an Ohio State commit. This is heartbreak you on the trail, man. I mean, they just – they can get, they can come from behind as well as anybody in a recruitment. And so when you're talking about JT and Alabama's only zeroed in on like one or two guys for the stretch run, him and Terry and Arnold, you think Alabama's going to do all the right things here and trying to close those two. It sounds like Lane Kiffin should send one of those Mary Flipman sweaters over to Nick Saban. Is it, I think that's what we're saying here. Sure. Uh, but I, I think with, with Alabama, some of those weren't flips. Uh, there were flips. I don't know which it's just dominance really. It's a, and then when you watch them play, they're just so much more physically superior than, than almost everybody they play. And, and, and so it's one on the trail, and Alabama puts a ton of time in evaluating who they want and then pushing for those guys. People say, oh, it's easy to recruit at Alabama. They can get anyone they want. Well, it's not easy to continue to take the right guys and, and be there at the end of the season year in and year out. And, and Alabama takes guys that don't rock their culture, don't mess up their locker room, and, and guys that come in and, and, and fit what they're trying to do, and, and they get the most out of them generally. And here they are again, number one in the country, going into the college football playoff. And, and so I'm directing our listeners now to a piece that you wrote over at 247sports.com, a, a reset of the 2021 cycle post the early mm -hmm. signing period. And including that is you outlining some blue chip battles to look forward to in February, but also outlining the upcoming commitments on January 2nd. Uh, as a part of the Declaration Day broadcast on NBC, uh, it's going to be a celebration of the All-American Bowl. Obviously, the game has been canceled due to the ongoing pandemic. But on January 2nd at noon, uh, at noon Pacific, 3 o'clock Eastern, we're going to be able to catch a lot of uh, declarations. Corey Foreman is the one I, I know a lot of people are going to be tuning into. And, and right now, the crystal ball is firmly on the USC Trojans. Yeah, Greg Biggins, lead expert on that recruitment, and, and I, we teamed up on that story all last week and, and moved our crystal ball to USC on Friday, the last day of the early signing period, and, and all the buzz that we had been hearing leading up to it is that USC was going to be hard to beat, Arizona State and Clemson being the other two that, that we think have a chance to land Foreman, but we like the Trojans going into that announcement. And if they do indeed land Foreman, I think that that's something else that would really help them with Rajon Davis, who's committed to LSU. 
but did not sign. And, and, and so USC, I believe they're number 15 in, in our recruiting rankings right now, uh, but they landed Jackson Dart uh, over during the early signing period. Who I, they're number 13, excuse me. They landed Jackson Dart, who, who I think is one of the premier quarterbacks in this class, and, and I think he's going to continue to rise with us in our January update. So if you can close with a Jackson Dart, a Corey Foreman, and then maybe even a potentially Rajon Davis and, and, and Sierra Wright, USC is going to be one of the more fun teams to watch from now leading up to February 3rd. Yeah, so Corey Foreman, Tristan Lee is also expected to announce on that same Declaration Day broadcast, as well as Terrence Lewis, uh, Sierra Wright, top 24-7 linebacker, Wyndon Ho, Huli out of the state of Hawaii, top 24-7 defensive end, Elijah Judy, top 24-7 safety, Jardin Gilbert, and offensive guard, Armin Bethea. So it's going to be a, a, a big day for those players on January 2nd. We're going to be right back here with more from Steve Wilfong on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We are back on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I am Blair Angulo, joined by Steve Wilfong, the Director of Recruiting for 24-7 Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at swilfong247. Now, Steve, uh, those recruits that we discussed in the first segment, a lot of them are obviously coming up to make decisions. And, and you know, some signed like Corey Foreman and won't reveal it until later. Some will wait until February to make their announcements and sign um, but now we have some new coaches also starting to get the wheels turning at their new destinations. Let's start with Clark Lee taking over at Vanderbilt. And so obviously he brings a lot of pedigree with him uh, as an energetic recruiter, as an energetic coach. I remember him as a grad assistant at UCLA when I was covering those practices and, and just his fire and his energy with that position group. And now he's the head coach of an SEC school. What, what potential do you see in him? What kind of upside do you see in him as an, as an elite recruiter potentially in the SEC? Well, just in addition to the natural pride he's going to have wearing the Vanderbilt logo as an alum and being from Nashville, this is a job that's in his wheelhouse. I mean, he's had success at Notre Dame. 
He's had success at Wake Forest as an assistant coach there. So those, those are universities where academics are important and part of the process for the type of players that they're going to recruit. And I think that at Wake Forest, from an identification standpoint and a player development standpoint, and then again at, at Notre Dame, going out and finding guys like Jeremiah Owusu, Karamoa, and and and, and uh, um, Drew White and just impact players like that for Notre Dame uh, that maybe weren't the most highly recruited players. I think you're going to see you know Vanderbilt really – um, have a great plan when they go out on the recruiting trail, particularly on defense with, with what they're looking for and, and how they want to develop. And uh, it's going to give them a chance to be, you know, as competitive as they were in the James Franklin area. I, I really do. I think Clark Lee is one of the smartest people I've come across in, in my time of interacting with coaches. And, and he, he's, you know, intelligent, but he's also just a, a great human being. And, and, and so those are things that are going to resonate when he goes in the homes and, and, and tries to close. He's never put together a coaching staff before. So I'm interested to see how that comes together um, and, and who he has working for him because you and I both know that um, the heavy lifting on the trail is going to come from a lot of his assistant coaches. But I think Clark also realizes and recognizes how prominent the head coach has to be in that role. And uh, he's been preparing to be a head coach for years, and, and now he has his opportunity. And Vanderbilt's a place that he certainly believes in, or he would not have taken the job. I mean, he's a guy that could have waited waited around for 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 something that was maybe a little easier. And, and so uh, I think that he probably interviewed Vanderbilt as much as Vanderbilt interviewed him, and um, if not more so. And, and, and I'm excited for their potential there to try and rebuild some, rebuild some things there. And, and Vanderbilt's investing a lot in their facilities and stuff moving forward. So uh, they're going to try and win some ball games in the SEC, and I think they got the right guy at the helm to do it. Yeah, I think obviously when you look at a, a, a coach like that that's coming over from Notre Dame that has been winning some recruiting battles against some heavyweights, you expect him to go in there and into the SEC, into Vanderbilt, and maybe take some some big shots, right? Uh, maybe go after the, the five-star prospect or, or this or that. But I just don't see that being a realistic option for him. He, I don't know if he's going to be able to outslug the Georgias and the Alabamas and the Floridas of the SEC, but you mentioned something very key there. He's, he's intelligent and he's smart. And I think he realizes the type of player that he needs. So he's going to be very methodical and very direct with his approach. And when it comes to evaluations, I think if you're Vanderbilt, you're going to really trust his eye and you're going to trust his instinct whenever he goes after a specific target. Yeah. I mean, you look at Notre Dame, uh, some of their some of their best players again on defense uh, and uh, at Akumbo Ogandiji. Uh, he's a guy that wasn't highly recruited out of the state of Michigan, but I think he's got like a size twenty shoe. Don't quote me on that, but he's a guy that was a developmental guy that's now starting on the edge for the Irish, who are going to the college football playoff, and he's been a difference maker for them. And Owusu Karamo is going to be a first rounder, and if not the first linebacker linebacker drafted, and and they got a corner from New Jersey starting as a true freshman, and, and Clarence Lewis, who wasn't highly recruited. I think that that you're going to see guys like that at Vanderbilt. Um, that that just uh, maybe weren't the most ballyhooed when when they walked in the door, but they're going to be uh, legit SEC football players uh, by the time Clark Lee's done with his hands on them.
So Brett Bielema is now back in college football as well. He, he returns to the college game after a stint with the New England Patriots and the New York Giants, uh, the former Arkansas coach, former Wisconsin coach, former player at Iowa, uh, obviously has a lot of roots in the Midwest and, and I think has that ingrained in his own recruiting DNA. What kind of potential do you see him uh, having in, in the Big Ten? Oh, man, it's a tough job. You know, it's not taking over at Wisconsin for Barry Alvarez. And, uh, it, it, and it's, I think it's a tougher job than the one he had at Arkansas in the SEC. And uh, I'm jury out here. You know, I, I, I do think he's a, he's a good football coach. But I, I just – I don't know, man. I, I, I was excited about some other names – this is, you know, Coach Coach Belema's third third opportunity to be a head football coach at the Power Five level, um, and so, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I was excited about some other guys maybe getting their first chance, but he hasn't won ten games in a season since 2012. Um, but he had a had a good run at Wisconsin. His first year was his best year was his first year. Uh, they went 12 and one um, and, and finished number seven nationally. He finished number seven again in 2010, uh, lost in the Rose Bowl in 2010 and, and 2011. But Wisconsin, they have their own, they have their own footprint and their own niche in college football. Um, and, and Illinois doesn't have a niche right now. So we'll see if he can carve one out. Yeah, so is that what you think they need? Do you think they need an identity, not only on the recruiting trail, but on the field? Uh, and and my, I guess my question to you is, uh, what would get you more excited uh, about him? What, what kind of things does he need to do? What kind of things does Illinois need to do on the recruiting trail? Well, it starts, it starts with evaluating to your, your culture and your scheme, first and foremost. So, I mean, I, I think that's something that, that he can do. Um, but they're going to find themselves in some head-to-heads with, with, with schools that have some excitement behind them. Missouri right now, who's got an energetic head coach that, that likes to recruit Louisville and, and uh, certainly, you know, some of their peers in the big 10. Um, the Illinois is, is a, I mean, it's a crapshoot on, on if it's a good hire or not, you know, because it's, they're coming in, you're going to have to out evaluate a lot of your peers in the conference and out and out develop them. So, you know, we'll see what he does with his staff as well, strength and conditioning and, and, and on, you know, but this is his toughest job. He left Wisconsin to take Arkansas. And, and, and so he thought that was in a good place. He's taking Illinois here to get back in and get control of a program. Yeah, it seems like an uphill battle. It seems like you need to win to recruit well, but you also need to recruit well to win. So you, you have to kind of wonder which one's going to come first, right? And, and whether or not there's going to be enough time for him to be able to do one or the other. He's never had to rebuild. He, 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 didn't, he, he certainly took over for a legend at Wisconsin. And then at, at Arkansas, there was a little bit of a rebuild in the sense that John Smith replaced Bobby Petrino in that fiasco for one year. But under under Petrino, uh, Arkansas won ten and eleven games. Uh, they didn't sniff that under under Bilema. So I would have been more excited about a program builder at Illinois, whether that's Lance Leipold or or Sean Lewis, two guys that have taken programs in Buffalo and Kent State and made them a hell of a lot better than they were when they got there. Now that this isn't me saying that that Coach Bilema is going to be a bad hire. I just would have been more excited to see a program builder at Illinois because, you know, coach hasn't proven that he's – he hasn't 
rebuilt any program and, and, and this is his third stint. Yeah. Well, speaking of rebuilding, Steve, I hope you are able to rebuild and recharge those batteries heading into the new year. Thank you so much for joining us and rest up. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on anytime and appreciate all y'all listening on 24 seven sports and reading us happy holidays and happy new year. All right. That is Steve Wolfong, the director of recruiting for 24 seven sports. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the 24 seven sports football recruiting podcast. Remember no episode later this week. We'll be back next Monday here on this same feed. Happy holidays, everyone.